It's the halfway point of the season. Let's look at what the Celtics might do ahead of the trade deadline. That's only a few weeks away. Let's drop some names. Let's drop some possibilities. Let's see how they can get to some of these potential moves, which they may or may not make. We're going to do it all with Keith Smith right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rainy J's, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you are a subscriber. Doesn't matter which app you use, it's there. So search for it. If you're not a subscriber, you could also search for it on YouTube. Lots of fun on the YouTube page, comment section, filling up, lots of good conversation there, so check that out as well. Thank you for making the show your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales. Once upon a time, played professional basketball a long, long, long time ago. Uh, and now I cover the Celtics for Boston Spurs Journal. We are 41 games into the season, the exact halfway point. And that means we are less than a month from the trade deadline. And we are a few days away from basically everyone in the league being available to be traded. It's a lot. Let's assess the team. Let's see what the team can do. Let's look at the options. And to do that, I absolutely 100% have to bring in Keith Smith, who is like one of the preeminent guys here and friend of the podcast. Keith, man, what's going on? I, I was going to say not much. That's like my default answer, but uh, really a lot. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> so. You dirty, dirty liar. Everything's exactly. going on for you right now. Yeah, a lot, but it's all good stuff. I This is an exciting time of year where, you know, I, I think we have a pretty good sense of what teams are at this point and mm-hmm. you know there's some still questions to be answered as far as the standings go and the like obviously but you you feel good about that we got the trade deadline coming a month away and uh contracts guaranteed the other day as you said the uh, handful of trade restrictions that remain are going to be lifting there's a couple guys still untradeable lebron james being one of them sure. as I, I mention everywhere i can is you know, <laughs> he can't be traded this year so it doesn't matter um but yeah we're we're, we're in a fun and exciting time of the year. And let, let's just start with this because we, we talk about the deadlines. And it, <laughs> as I say this, I, I realize not a lot of podcasts are going to say, let's start with the deadline talk. <laughs> but this is but this is why the deadlines exist. This is why the December de- deadline exists. This is why this January 15th, right? January 15th deadline exists. Yep. Because we had no idea that the Pacers, for example, were going to be this good. We had no idea that the that that the uh, the Raptors were going to struggle the way they have, um, and we can say we had inclinations, but we didn't know. And these deadlines exist for for teams to be forced to kind of all right. You you signed these guys, you traded for these guys, whatever. You have to take a second to evaluate these guys. But it has kind of changed the marketplace because this, for example, Lakers Miles Turner Buddy Heel trade that everybody was just like, yeah, that's just going to be there all the time. Maybe that's not going to be there now. And so things have changed along the way. Let's bring this to the Celtics where 
I never expected them to be overly active, but I always said, you, you see what you got. You don't go crazy with the backup bigs. You don't go crazy with everything. You've got Luke Cornett. You've got these guys all set up. Let's see what happens by mid-December. If you're if it's an absolute mess, you can do something. If it's not, you keep rolling with it, and then trade deadline comes around. 41 games in here. Let's assess the team. We'll We'll talk about later what they could do. Should they do anything at this point in your estimation? Yeah, I... I'm like a lot of people that are listening to this. I, I have kind of come around to, and I was probably later to it than others. They could probably use another wing. It, it just seems like Sam Hauser is maybe not going to be that guy. I, I know I got all excited when he was making a ton of shots early in the year and he was holding up defensively. I think now teams have enough tape. We're starting to see that holding up defensively is not quite what it started out as at the beginning of the year. He's still not a turn style. He's still not terrible. And having like Robert Williams back helps because he just cleans up a lot of messes. But the shooting has dipped to what I think is probably – He's starting to level off where he probably really will be, which is still a high 30% shooter. But if you're going to be kind of a one skill guy, which is what he really is, you need to be in the you know low to mid 40s, if not higher at that one skill to be able to find 15 to 25 minutes a night. I also think on the wing side, I thought we would see more three guard groups. I thought we'd see uh, Smart, Brogdon, and White play together uh, more because all of them can hold their own. But whether it's injury-related, trying to keep minutes down, whatever it is, we haven't seen a lot of that this year. And I thought we might see some more of that than than what we've seen. So I think there is the need to get a wing, or as uh, I I imagine Brad Stevens would call it, a shooter with size. Um, I think that's the part Lance he prefers. So I I, I think that that's the one kind of hole. I'm not worried at all about the big rotation. I think it's fine. I, I People act like Luke Cornett comes on the floor and they give up 20 runs and fall apart every time he plays. <laughs> it's not what happens, right? I think you you saw in their game against the Bulls, Rob, Al, and Grant basically were the three big rotation. That's what it'll be in games that matter. Um, it'll be those three guys and maybe Cornette, maybe Blake Griffin gets out there for five to ten minutes at most. But but as long as they're healthy and and I know you could go protect, but maybe you just wait and you wait and see, you know, who pops free on the buyout market. I think that's where you fill a big spot. There tends to be more bigs available on the buyout market than anything else. So, so I think you just kind of wait it out, see if a, a trade for a decent wing comes your way. And if it does, then you evaluate it and go from there. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. That makes sense. And, and the thing with Sam Hauser is that he, he may not, no matter what he does, is he playable in the playoffs? Yes. And and that's going to be, that's going to be a big question. Um, because when you get to uh, game planning and the ability to target a guy and you say, all right, well, uh, Sam Hauser's the weak link when he's out there, we're going to hunt him mercilessly. That's one thing when like you're playing the, the Knicks one day and you know, the, the, the Pacers another day. And, and it's, it just kind of, they're not, they'll, they'll go for those but not like in the playoffs and in the playoffs, you're playing the best of the best. So there, there, I can see the concern there and maybe the need to bring in a veteran that, you know, can perform. I mean, even if it's another 38% shooter, 
at least a guy that you know can go out there and say, all right, th- this is a guy that can perform in in this spot that has the that's not going to shrink, that may not be targeted quite as much. I mean, Sam Hauser is a shooter with size. Uh, sure. And and you know, we'll see. My take, my take on that is yes, I see that mentality for sure. And if something opens up, I think they have they have the assets, which we'll get into in, in a couple of minutes to do this a few different ways. But also, you mentioned it with Robert Williams back. What does it look like if Robert Williams is there every time Sam Hauser is on the floor? You don't put Sam out there without Rob as his backup. If that looks okay, because you know you've got you got Big Brother back there, just kind of like kind of protecting the little, the little brother out front who's picking fights. Like, well, we're not going to beat the crap out of this kid because we know the guy behind him is going to sit there and step in if he needs to. So, and and if that incentive to drive past Hauser is gone, then. Then Hauser can be like, all right, I'm going to sell out to challenge the shot. And maybe in certain situations, if you play the Bulls again, if you see them again in the playoffs as the eighth seed, maybe you don't want that because DeMar DeRozan can step into mid-range shots. But otherwise, maybe it's okay. So I think the next few weeks could be informative when it comes to how much do they need that wing? Um, and can can Rob kind of protect Sam Hauser on the floor defensively. Let's look at how they could get this wing. How can they get the guys that they need? Uh, and that, that Keith has all the information that I absolutely <laughs> do. I think, I think I got like a slight, like a, but all right, we'll, we'll go, we'll go to the expert. Let's do that in just a minute. First, today's show is brought to you by prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's the simplest way to go out there. You make your picks, you make your entries, and you pick two to six players. And if they go to score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money. This is what makes Daily Fantasy on prize picks different than everywhere else and makes it actually fun and not stressful because it's just you against the numbers. It's not you against me. It's not you against the experts. It's not you against people with algorithms. It's you and the prize picks projections. And the best part, really, is that you can do it with any sport, NBA, NFL, playoffs, sure, NHL, all the major pro sports, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, all, all the, the, the college basketball, uh, the college sports. You can go into eSports, disc golf. I'm serious, disc golf. That's how deep it goes on prize picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. So all of this time that I've been talking, you could be done making your prize picks entries. And when you win, Safe and fast withdrawals. It's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com, sign up, and play daily fantasy sports. If you're a first-time user, you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix gives you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix gives you $50. That's how that works. Don't forget, enter the promo code locked on to sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Make Lockdown NBA your second listen. I host on Wednesdays. This is the Wednesday show, so double duty for me. Check me out. Uh, Normally, I'm hosting with Jake Madison, but he's off on this Wednesday show. But uh, I'll be talking about the big stories in the NBA, 
Uh, so check it out. Rotating hosts all week. It's a fun show. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Also on YouTube. Let's bring Keith back in. Um, so there are, it, however people think, maybe it's a wing, maybe it's a big, maybe, whatever. There are a few different ways that the Celtics can uh, add a player. Um, they just they just waived Noah Vonley. They have an open spot. So you can sign a 10-day. You can sign a buyout guy. Those are the obvious easy ones. You get two traded player exceptions and a combination of players that I think is very easy to, to do, especially if it's Pritchard and Gallinari. So let, let, can, can you kind of like summarize, can you, can you give up like a better sense of all of those things, what they can do? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're on it. I think the big one that if you're looking to one of the names that gets thrown out a lot is could they go get Kyle Kuzma? Cause I think people look and say, mm-hmm. well, there's a shooter with size, a guy who could probably fit a rotation spot. A Popular guy name who, in the trade in the trade exactly. market right now. Doesn't make 20, $30 million. Cause I think everybody at this point realizes those guys are off the table unless you're really moving someone who's part of the rotation. And I just, I struggle to see that being something that happens now it happened last year. I, I wasn't expecting Josh Richardson to get moved and, and he did for Derek white. So I'm not going to take anything fully off the table, but I don't expect that. So the first thing is go find somebody with an acquirable salary number, something probably 15 million or under to get there. You're going to have to stack a couple contracts together. So that's Gallinari Pritchard. Maybe you throw in, you know, Cornette. If, if, you know, the guy coming in replaces Cornette or or you feel like you've got another big lined up that you can sign or something in that range. The challenge with trading Danilo Gallinari is there, there's a couple. One is it just seems super heartless. Now, I get it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? You're trying to win a championship. You don't have a ton of room for sentimentality. And I'm sure somewhere Danny Ainge is scoffing to himself saying, I have a heart. Like, That's, this is the NBA, right? We're trying to win. And, you know, now, but Gallinari just, you know, over the summertime talked about how he always wanted to play for the Celtics and he and his dad dreamed of this and all that. And then, unfortunately, the guy gets hurt over the summer. What I could see potentially happening in a Gallinari trade is if you could line it up with him to say, and you got to do this knowing you're not playing this year. I know there's still some people are dreaming of, well, maybe he makes it back and he you know, could get on the floor in the playoffs. It's just at that point, that's really hard because now you're saying, hey, can you step in to play the biggest, most high-pressure games of the year without having played with these guys all year? But I think what you line up with him is, Hey, we're going to trade you somewhere. We'll we'll work it with the team that trades for you to not waive you, you know, as long as they they can afford not to. You decline your player option and then we'll we'll run it back next summer. We'll 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 sign you same thing again, be taxpayer mid-level and on we go just, you know, like this year didn't happen while we also added somebody to help us gear up to make a title run. There's a lot of moving parts there. Now, that very, very clearly happened for folks who say, well, that would never happen. It's exactly what happened with Ricky Rubio. Minus the, he did not sign with the Cavs. He was traded to the Cavs, then played well for the Cavs, tore his ACL, Cavs traded in the Pacers for Karis LeVert, who helped Cleveland make their, their play-in tournament run last year. Rubio's contract expired, re-signed with, with 
with the Cavs this summer. As long as the player's not waived, that one-year re-signing restriction goes away because mm-hmm. it's just the contract expires. And it would be the same thing with Gallo if he declined his player option. So I think you just got to be cautious with that. The other thing we got to be cautious with trading him is you do have to keep an eye on it's not just about this season. It's about next year. And you might be looking at it as, hey, next year we get him at $7 million or so, and he should be back and healthy and hopefully a productive player. And if he is, great. We, we already have him now coming in as almost next summer's edition, and we would have the taxpayer mid-level to use again on somebody else to fill another hole. So that's the one thing you got to be a little sure of if you move him now is, are you going to be okay with then getting him back or, or only adding one player versus he kind of becomes almost an off-season addition if we don't see him play again this year. Yeah, I, I understand all of that as far as like, okay, it's, it's cold, it's cold blooded, (laughs) but, but like, this is, if, if you do the sentimental thing across the board all the time, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna have a bad team. You're just going to have a bad team. And, and, and this is, this is why, um, I, I would make a terrible GM. Because I have sentimental attachments to, sure. to the players. Like when, when Isaiah talk- Thomas would have a lifetime contract if I was running this. Right. Team. He'd like- be on the roster. Of, he'd be 50, barely able to move. And, he, and I'd be, nope, get out there. You know, you're, you're on the team. I'm, I'm good. Just because I loved him and he meant so much to, to, to the team when he was here. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So um, it's hard. It's hard to be what Danny Ainge did. And maybe Danny Ainge is too far the other way. Uh, <laughs> but, but also like. That is, um, that's necessary. The, mm-hmm. like, this is, this is the, the brutal business of the league is when, whenever a team, whenever a player is no longer useful to the team, you're like, well, you, you, this is, you, you gotta go. And, yep. and you know, it works, it works the other way. Um, and this is why I don't believe in like loyalty when it comes to, to this stuff. I don't believe in guys when they leave as free agents, they're not traitors. Like, yeah. I mean, this is an extreme example, but if Jason Tatum somehow no longer be lived up to his contract, he would be gone. And that's the end of the story. If he, if something happened, he needed a change of scenery. He would be gone. Anybody that that happens across the board. So when it comes to and on the flip side, sorry, but on the flip side of that, if the Celtics don't live up to their side of it, in in two years they're terrible. I'm not going to blame Jason Tatum if he's like, hey, I don't want to do this. Like I want to win. This is not where I want to be. And that's that because we are in full lockstep on that. Of this should just be you know it's the loyalty goes as far as today. And you know, hopefully tomorrow and beyond. But for right now, it's who who you got today, and that's what we run with. I don't I don't worry too much about the you know loyalty part part of all that. Yeah. But to to the bigger point, yeah, if you want to make any kind of impactful addition that involves a salary that is above almost seven million dollars, it's got to be using Gallinari, unless you're pulling something completely out of nowhere where you're trading Derek White, Brogdon you know, one of the big salary guys. They, and right. that just, I, I just struggle to see them taking somebody out of that top seven, eight rotation right now and moving them unless it's, you know, some super duper star, 
becomes available that we're not expecting. Right. I mean, we're talking, we're talking about like completely out of the blue, just fictional and almost, I don't even want to pull names out of, out of the, because it would, it's just not even, (laughs) that's, that's, that's pure negligence on my part. Yeah. If I do that, there's some $30 million Uh, superstar, right? 30 million plus superstar. Yeah. Leave right. it at that. There's plenty of them. Go, go look on contract. Spotrack. You can sort by contract and find them. <laughs> nice plug. Uh, we, uh, I should, I should, did I not plug Spotrack and Celtics blog and all that stuff? Go I don't read. Know. It's go everybody read, knows. Eats, go read <laughs> stuff at Spotrack. But first of all, you are so damn fast with the updates on this <laughs> site. I'm, I'm like almost mad at you at how fast things get updated on this site. Because what what just what was it that just happened? Was it the Von Lake with the tax? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the it was like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh, let me just go take a quick look at. at the, I'm like, it's already gone. Yeah. He already changed. It's already and, changed. And now I can't take full credit for that. We, we've got an amazing, amazing programmer who does the vast majority of that. All here. right, and all he, right. He, he will he will go unnamed because he does not he he does not. Uh, uh, like to exist in the public sphere, but he he is okay. absolutely incredible. So just I I help with that. I I I, I do double check everything before we hit push. But yeah, he, he's got it set up. But yeah, well, I mean it, fast. it. To tell you, John, it tripped me up because I was looking to see what the tax bill was. Uh, prior, <laughs> and, he already, and he's like, I already did it. And then I was like, Can you rewind? And thankfully, we have you know cached history that we can yeah find it but yeah it's it's it, it's it's awesome it's you know if you're, you're interested in the salary stuff well, we've got it all and it's all updated as quick as it can possibly be yeah seriously all right let's uh, let's take a second here and we'll come back and we'll, we'll get into some more possible names uh with keith smith first today's show also brought to you by bet online your number one source for your sports betting Info, stats, news, and analysis. If you're going to lay some money down on something, you got to go to betonline.net first. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. Uh, it's obviously NFL playoffs are coming around, so that's a big deal. That's people want the insight on that. Uh, every other major pro sport, obviously NBA, college basketball, that's going to be something you're probably interested in if you're putting a couple of bucks down at betonline.net. They also have sports podcasts, which we know that you love. You can find those there. It's the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting information. Head on over to the website today. You can use your mobile device if you'd prefer, which most people do. BetOnline is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. All right, so the Celtics have have these other tools, the, the traded player exceptions. Uh, why don't you run us down on that? When do they expire? How can how can they – is there anybody that you've thought, hey, maybe they can go pursue, pursue with, with those? Yeah, they, they've got – Two of note that, that are they have a handful of smaller ones, um, but they can really only be used on minimum salary players. And, and not to say that there aren't good minimum salary players that can be acquired because there are. But the two of note are the six point nine million dollar Wancho Hernan Gomez one, which that is up in nine days um, as we record this. So you only got about a week and a half to use that one. Um, because if we remember, Wancho got traded first of um, mm-hmm. all the, the maneuvering that they did last year at the deadline. That one happened in mid-January. Uh, January 19th is when that expires. Dennis Schroeder's uh, expires on February the 10th. Trade deadline is February the 9th, so effectively it expires on deadline day um, with that one. it's uh, So that one is $5.9 million. 
uh, for that one. They also have the uh, disabled player exception for Danilo Gallinari, um, which is worth $3.2 That one's a little different because you can use that to sign a player. My mm-hmm. guess is they're going to do what they can to save that, to give them that little bit of extra spending power on the buyout market. Mm-hmm. Because generally what happens buyout market-wise, you're signing a guy who is taking a prorated league minimum, they can offer up to that full 3.2 million um, Mm -hmm. on that. It doesn't prorate down or anything like that. So that gives you a little bit of that extended spending power there. So 6.9 million Hernan Gomez in the next week and a half Schroeder's 5.9 million all the way through to the deadline. Now, Important notes, you can't combine any of those together. You can't combine mm-hmm. them with player salary. have to be used individually. Um, with that, you you those are small enough. You're probably not bringing in more than one player into those amounts. Challenges as you look around the league, not a ton of yeah. super great players that you're looking at saying that could fit. It's probably at that point, you're probably more likely to say, all right, well, we're going to swap one of the minimum salary guys, probably someone like Justin Jackson, out, and then we'll we'll use the, the TP to bring in a two or three million dollar player. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you're on that small of a contract, you probably hold pretty good value to the team you're already on. So mm-hmm. that becomes a little, little bit of the, the challenge to find that. And it's what I tend to look for there is was there an off-season taxpayer mid-level signing that just didn't work? Like like if Bruce Brown had gone to Denver and just that fell apart and wasn't working. Yeah. Perfect target. Go go try to get him with the Hernan Gomez, but that's obviously worked wonderfully. And there's not really any. Unfortunately, it has worked very well. For yeah, them. right. I know. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have the Boston kid back oh, in, in Boston, but it's a uh, you know. So so that, those that's ones that hurt in the off season. I, he went he went to Denver. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, ugh. tough. Anyway. I it, it took some of this thing off when when the Brogdon stuff all came together because it was sure, like, sure. all right, you get the other guard. But yeah, I was, he, he was high on my list. And especially once I heard, Hey, he's open to taxpayer mid-level. I was like, Oh man, mm-hmm. Celtics need to be all over that. And I, and, and I assume they probably were to at least some extent, but it's a, uh, yeah. And then obviously, you know, Gallo getting hurt, scuttled that whole thing. But yeah, yeah I think, I think if you're looking for a real impactful move, it, it's going to be the Gallinari package with Peyton Pritchard, Maybe as the other guy, go get yourself a 10, 12, 13 million dollar player uh, and go go from there with that. But I, I don't I don't I'm not necessarily expecting anything like that. I know some people have thrown out, well, like, what about Rui Hachimura? Like, yeah, I mean, he could be somebody you, you could per- pursue if you wanted. I think your challenge there is it's an awful lot of overlap with Grant Williams and they both yeah. need new contracts in the summer. So where, where are we kind of going with that? So that 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 becomes a bit of a challenge. I, I feel like this is the, this is the time of year where people look at middling to lesser teams and say, well, "What about that guy? What about that yeah. guy? What about that guy?" <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they're they're a bad team, and they, and it's I think maybe people get into a little bit too much of a baseball mentality where it's like, "Well, somebody's gonna there's a bunch of sellers and there's a bunch of buy- mm-hmm. I don't think that unless they're they're completely tanking for Wimbenyama that I don't think some of these teams are going to be like, you know, here's, here's one of our good role players or one of our kind of like our role players that we're not quite sure about. I mean, sure. Kyle Kuzma is a guy that he can go because it, it doesn't, he need a new contract too. He, he does. And, and he's already, 
not directly openly said like i'm i'm out of here i'm not sticking around but yeah that and that's the challenge with trading for even someone like kyle kuzma that now the celtics should be open to making a move that is hey we're pushing in for the title right now because they have a chance to win sure championship. and if kuzma Get you a title, and then you you hand him his ring when he comes into town with his new team next season. <laughs> so be it, right? right. That's that's right. Hung the banner. That's that's fine. I don't have any problem with making that kind of all in move for a guy who may walk. Now that changes when it was, hey, wait, we have Tatum and Brown like when they're twenty and twenty one. Like that's a little like, all right, what are we doing? And and you're not talking about trading a core rotation guy for you know somebody like Kuzma but yeah if you could do it for non-rotation guys yeah you absolutely do it and so so be it if he leaves you know and maybe it works out where he's like you know this was actually pretty awesome I'll resign here and they're willing to go and you know they they, they do it that way but yeah I, I think you know I, I'm with you because I get it every day from Celtics fans and fans all over them. you know well what about Doug McDermott sure I mean that's Fine, I guess. Like if you if you feel Doug McDermott is a enough of an upgrade over Sam Hauser, what he gives you, I probably is. I I, I don't I, a little well, not a little, a far longer track record of it. But again, it's not just McDermott coming in over Hauser. It's McDermott coming in while you traded away you know other stuff. But yeah, yeah if that's the guy, if you're looking at, at the teams that aren't very good, one guy I will tell you, because you probably get this same name thrown at you all the time. And I'm gonna say take him off your list, Kenrich Williams. Oklahoma City has no desire to move him. They see him as their like next Nick Collison, which mm -hmm. is 10 years plus with the team, solid veteran, loves being there. They just extended him and paid him a decent chunk of change to keep him happy on that front. That's the kind of guy, too, when they turn the corner, whether it's next year or the year after, you want guys like that that are on very team-friendly deals. So it's not that they just said, because I get it all the time. You know, well, yeah. Why don't we go get him? Yeah, obviously, if you're like, hey, you want three first-round picks, of course they're going to yeah. say that. <laughs> then that gets too silly the other way. Yeah, no. This is the hardest part for just fans of, of any team, of any team um to 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 grasp it's it's almost impossible what does the other team think that is it's and it's hard for us to grasp sometimes cuz we're you know we're looking at things we don't know we don't know who they value um you know you you have to have deep conversations on a regular basis like the beat writers for those teams can probably get you a better sense but it's hard for just if you're a basketball fan and even the hardcore fans, like the people who listen to this podcast are a different level of fan. There's anybody who listens to a team podcast, you're, you're, you're in it and you kind of understand some of this stuff better than just somebody who's like, oh, wait, are the Celtics playing tonight? Like yeah. that fan doesn't know anything <laughs> uh, about any of this stuff. People who listen to the podcast have a better sense, but it's still very, very difficult to say. Well, why would OKC want him? Like, what, what's he going to give them? Why? What, and and so, it and it's and the other, and the other mistake is, this guy on our team sucks, or he doesn't. I don't like any of these guys. Let's package them up and get a good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he sucks for us, but he'll be awesome for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair. And I'm not saying anybody says Peyton Pritchard sucks because I don't hear that. If no, anything, right. I hear no. play him more. I get it when people are like. Hey, he's just never going to crack this rotation. You yeah. know, he's never going to play when Smart Which White and Brogdon are all there. 
move him because yeah, he could go to, you know, San Antonio. They don't, they have Trey Jones is their only real point guard and he'll get 25 minutes a night and you'll be freed up to finally develop or not and figure it out. And that's fine. But yeah, but when it's the, yeah, you know, this guy sucks. Like, let's try, like, I'm going to pull a poll from years ago, but when it was like, Mark Blount sucks, we should trade him for insert awesome superstar here. And it was like, <laughs> you're right. He sucks. Like, oh, why? PTSD, you know, yeah. Right. I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, does, I just, uh, hopefully Blount, no one's oh driving God. and swerved oh, into you know, the guardrail. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> the, the other thing I will say too is what also makes it, even harder at this time of year. And then the next time it gets hard is around the draft. Everybody lies. Yeah, yeah. Everybody will say, Oh, you know, we, we not, nah, we like that guy too much to trade him or yeah. we got to have two first round picks. And then, I mean, the, the best example I can give of that is a couple of years ago, the Orlando Matt, Nope. Can't trade 48 for less than two first round picks or first round pick and a really good young player. And he got traded for two seconds. Yeah. Like, Stuff changes at 1.30 on trade deadline day. It's all of a sudden like, all right, well, we can't bring him back after offering him to the other 29 teams. All right, what do you have to offer? Like, And we're yeah. getting there with like Jay Crowder type players where it's like, all right, that can't go past the trade deadline. So do you want my two seconds or not? Because you, 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 yeah. you got to do something. You can't, you, you're not just going to wave him and lose him for nothing. Like might as well get even the minimal return back at the end of the day. That Jay Crowder situation is so nuts. Yeah. Um, He's a guy, too, I don't think, because I brought him up. I don't love his fit for the Celtics where they're at right now. I don't think he's a consistent enough shooter. I think he's going to be the kind of guy that game six, seven of a playoff series, you're going to be like, "Uh, I can't have him on the floor because he just can't make jump shots. I can't trust in it. Yeah, man. It's going to be really interesting. What's he he making now again? 10? 10. Yeah, a little over 10. So you can get there. You can yeah, get there. You could. Um, you can Pretty get easily. there. Yeah. Suns um, could use another backcourt player. I mean, you know, Suns could. Suns, I think, would be very open to the idea of, oh, yeah, we'll keep Gallo because they're sitting on an open roster spot right now. Yeah. We'll just yeah. keep him. And, you know, if, you know, if they could somehow get somebody to say, hey, you want to take on uh, Dario Sarge? I think, I know this isn't the, the Locked On Suns podcast, but I think their move is Crowder and Sarge. That's, 20 million in expiring salary. Go get yourself a real player who can yeah. really come in and give you something. And who that is, I don't know, but yeah, that's what I'd be looking to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's something something about Crowder always stirs up that like, and, and I agree. Like, I'm I'm not a hundred percent like my my realistic take is he's not what he used to be, and it's he he may come in and, and just start missing, 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 and you'd be like, Oh man, this, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, maybe, maybe in Boston, he can kind of, he can find it again. And, and, you know, with the type of players that they have, I mean, he was playing with Chris Paul, so it's hard to say, hard to yeah. say he'd be any more open than it used to be, but, um, he, oh, man, he's, he's just such a, he's got that attitude and he just, he's just, he wins everywhere he goes. Um, and yeah. It- if it was to be Jay Crowder, I'm going to be the first one to be writing like, I, yeah, this is fine. Like, yeah. but I'm going to caution, like he's, he's not what people think is a sure. He's the kind of guy who will go seven for 10 one night and then oh for his next 10. And yeah. you're like, Oh, you know, 
30 plus percent. It's not too bad. Like that's right. You know, 35%. That's pretty good. And it's like, yeah, but it's how he gets there. Like that's yeah. That's, yeah. You know, it's messy with him. It'd be interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what the Celtics do. I I'm, okay. I'm a proponent of, first of all, I'm a proponent of getting Peyton Pritchard, his opportunity somewhere else. Like I, I just feel bad for the guy. I think we're, we're finally seeing, you know, all of the, all of the kind of stuff, the things that people have been saying, like pumping him up, like, oh, he's always ready. He's always like, like I don't, I don't think he's always ready anymore. Like he's ready, yeah. but I think he's like, at this point, he's just, he needs to play. He he needs to play. And it's yeah. just hard. Like, I think, I think the situation has finally become a little bit untenable with him. I, I think to the Bulls game uh, on, on Monday was a really good example of if he can't get minutes when one of the other three point guards is out, yeah. then when are they ever going to come? Because what are we doing he's, here? he's never getting them when Smart, Brogdon, and White are all available. That's not. That's very clear. That's yeah. not happening. If you know one of them is out and he still is only out there for four or five minutes, and and obviously for whatever it was, Joe Mazzulla sees something he just doesn't feel good about with with him out there. And I, I thought he was fine in that short stand. I didn't necessarily see like, it wasn't like the bulls got a switch and DeRozan took him into the mid post and shot over him four possessions in a row. And it was like, get him off the floor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I, I'm with you on that one. I, I understand that the, the reluctance because it's smart health track record. Isn't great. Brogdon's health track record. Isn't great. So I get it from that standpoint, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, if, if, if he is the, he cannot be, yeah, that's how I want to phrase it. He cannot be your hold up to going and getting somebody who can fill a real playoff. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, if 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 that's the hold up, that's now dipping back into the worst of the you know uh, Danny Ainge years when it was like this guy won't trade anybody he ever drafted. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He just can't let go of him. Like then, then I'm gonna feel like, what are we doing? Like this, yeah. is, you know, craziness here. But, hey, maybe Danny yeah. Ainge will want him. Maybe Danny. Yeah, Ainge- he could. Yeah, I mean. No. Yeah, they don't have a ton uh, of point guard options out there in Utah. It's you know, Peyton, Mike Conley, Peyton, Colin uh, pick, and uh, we'll take Larry Markman. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's that's sounds realistic. fair. Sounds fair. Well, you know what could be realistic there if they wanted to go big, and you got to bring bring back an old friend, Kelly O. He's waiting. Kelly O. Oh man, what's funny is he'd be good with this team right now in the way they play. He'd yeah. Be, Actually, I think really, really good. Problem is, then you're saying, all right, Grant, we need you to play a lot more as a wing than a yeah. like, you know, small ball big, and that starts to get, get a little mm. messy. But yeah, know, we, we can do memory time uh, <laughs> or something. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We, we got about a month now, so it's only a few weeks, really. A month sounds like a long time. <laughs> yeah. Like four weeks, you're like, oh, sh- four weeks? We got weeks left before the trade? Yeah. And someone always jumps the gun big time. Someone always yeah. makes a big move. I'm a little surprised we haven't seen it already. The last four years have given us a trade within the first few weeks of the kind of trade season opening up. Yeah. Um, and we didn't get one yet. I mean, we got Noah Vonley, but that I don't think get anywhere but the Vonley household. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe the Wick Grossback household qualifies as, as a big move. Um, you know, and for all that, I mean, I've, on this very show have uh, killed the Celtics and their reluctance to spend. This was not that 
this. Is, no, no, this no. was just this we need sense. the roster spot, and if we can save seven million actual dollars, which some of that's going to get reinvested when they sign sure. somebody to fill that spot. This was not a let's be cheap at the deadline move. That that was not what this was. To me, to me, this made sense. The, the violin yeah, move made sense. sense. Yeah. Like uh, some of the things they're going to get, the bowl bowl move made sense last year. Yeah. Like, oh, so this, this stuff made sense. Yeah. Like, you, you, whatever. I, I don't want to say, cause we'll go another 40 minutes on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just waiting. Ball. All I'm waiting for is the Pacers to trade Daniel Tice to a third team who buys him out, which then removes that uh, yeah. restriction. Cause then a guaranteed, he will be the big man sign signing for. That would be amazing. That would yeah. be a so it's Daniel Tice trade yeah. buyout. And then. Yeah. Come on yeah. back, Daniel Tice. Yeah, that's it. Twenty-seven jersey. Yeah, we, we got it. It's already hanging in the locker room, ready for you, my friend. Like I just, it's an I open feel locker. like that's it. There's <laughs> yeah. an open locker. There are a couple in there now, so let's let's go. Uh, I just feel like right. we're, we're just waiting for that one to come. Oh man! So the next few weeks are gonna be super super interesting. Once moves start being made, you know we'll, we'll have you back because the, sure. the the moves are gonna start flying. And the the one thing I can tell you. I don't expect anything. You don't expect anything. And Brad Stevens has been quiet, which yep. means a blockbuster is coming. Baby. <laughs> yep. Because whenever everything seems like, oh, yeah, they're not going to do anything. And, and it's going to be at like seven in the morning when I'm still hours away from waking up because I, I don't go to bed till like three or four in the morning after a game. It's like I'm going to wake up and going to get to the tweets and be like, where's Corrales? I want to <laughs> podcast on this trade. Like, what? What do you mean they traded away Grant Williams? What? See, uh, my two guarantees are it'll be no one we mentioned on this show of yeah. the 25 guys we mentioned because that's how they do it. No one saw the Derek White trade coming or the Malcolm Brown trade. Right. And my guarantee is it won't be in the morning. It'll be at 245 when I'm sitting <laughs> on the car line to do school pickup with, with crappy uh, cell signal. We that, should just end the, go down. We should just end the podcast by naming just a bunch of people and to say, hey, we, we, yeah, we called it. <laughs> Yeah, so, that's it. Yeah. What we could do is Jeremy just, Grant. Yeah, just clip a whole bunch, like, right? Yeah. And then then you could just see we called this. Yeah, we, we could do that after. <laughs> There's an old Saturday Night Live sketch where it was at that point, I think it was like Tom Brokaw who was going on vacation. And they they had to pre-record Tom Brokaw breaking news, <laughs> all of the different possibilities. Like breaking news, a volcano has exploded in Australia. Australia is gone. And like, so we got to do like all of the break. So we can, after we're done here, we're going to wrap it up. (laughs) We're going to record all of our, the Celtics have packaged Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for Giannis Antetokounmpo. And we're just, just the whole thing. And uh, when, when one of those actually happens, we'll have a clip to put out there on social media and be like, see, we said it. And I'll go back and retroactively edit it. In- I was going to say, because somebody's like, wait, I listened to and watched that episode. I don't we should put that. on different clothes, <laughs> change the volume on our mics to Perfect. do it. So when I slam edit it into the, into this <laughs> podcast later and be like, see, it'd be like, it'd be like the, uh, the Simpsons, Mr. Black. This is my good friend, Mr. Black. Uh, I, I see my, my version of that is Poochie returned to his home place. <laughs> oh poochie or, or, or the super bowl episode where we're poochie's Mo dead is, where yeah. mo says i'm yeah. a huge fan of the denver broncos that's awesome all right love it um hey at the very least we got all our requisite simpsons references in so perfect hey please and keith thanks for hopping on man appreciate it thanks for having me i appreciate it 
And thanks to you for watching, for listening, and all that stuff. Lots of good stuff here. Keith uh, is the best. Again, Spot Track for all of your get stay up to date with all of the moves there. Um, Celtics blog, read his writing there at Celtics blog. Uh, and subscribe to this podcast if you're one of Keith's many, many, many followers and you just happened upon this podcast through his Twitter feed. Welcome aboard. Hope you enjoy the podcast and subscribe. That'd be fun too. And uh, yeah, subscribe there. Watch the show on YouTube. And if you are a subscriber, share the podcast. Tell your friends and family they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.